Promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by the Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. This is Growing Greater Philadelphia, bringing you the stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. There's a company that's revolutionizing healthcare, and its focus is squarely on the customers they serve. Every day they are, quote, harnessing the very latest ideas and technologies to deliver access to care that surpasses expectations. So it sounds like a cool new tech startup, right? Well, it's actually one of the oldest companies in the region, and at the core of their operations is insurance. We're talking about the team at Independence Blue Cross, which is known as one of the nation's leading health insurance providers, but they are so much more. Independence is developing and implementing innovative technologies that put people first. At the heart of their business is something they call the Human-Centered Innovation Program, an intensive and novel use of resources to focus on people and their health as they work to change the way healthcare is experienced. So clearly, it's not your father's insurance company anymore. Happening right here in Greater Philadelphia, the team at Independence is serving more than 8 million people nationwide with nearly 2.5 million right here in our community. Driving this type of creative, inclusive, and thoughtful approach to innovation and growth in healthcare, well, it requires a special leader, one who thinks differently, who doesn't do things the way they've always been done. And for the team at Independence Blue Cross, well, that's Dan Hilferty, their CEO. A native of Southern New Jersey and Southeastern Pennsylvania, Dan's been leading the shop nearly a decade, and his approach is producing results. The Independence operation has not only tripled in size and continues to grow, but they do it all by embracing collaboration, partnerships, and innovative and inclusive ways of working with the communities where they operate. We spoke with Dan in front of a live studio audience at their spacious and very welcoming facility in Center City, Philadelphia, that really captures the spirit of the new Independence Blue Cross. It's a place where the community can come to learn and to meet. It's called Independence Live. From understanding how his family has shaped who he is today to learning what he believes are the ingredients needed to deliver impact, our candid conversation with Dan provides an inside look into a man who's on a mission to transform how healthcare is delivered and who's also driven by a pure desire to help others live better lives. So Dan, let's start off with a little bit about Dan Hilferty. Tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, your family, and you know those kind of early years. Well, Matt, my family, the roots are West Philadelphia, and we moved out into Delaware County over the, the last two generations. I'm the youngest of five children. My father died when I was three years old. And uh, one summer, my mother, I guess I was in second or third grade, my mother took us to the Jersey Shore for a week, and we never came home. Right. So I grew up in Ocean City, New Jersey. My first job was washing dishes at the uh, Chatterbox on Ninth and Central. Nice. Of you know. Uh, yeah. And came back to Philadelphia to attend St. Joseph's University. Then after, I guess, uh, five years on the road, so to speak, I lived in Portland, Oregon, where I was a Jesuit volunteer in the Jesuit Volunteer Corps. Went to graduate school and worked on the Hill. Went to school at American University. Then came back to Philadelphia and met my beautiful wife, Joan, and 
we now have five children and, and three grandchildren and live in Ardmore. So when you think back to your time at St. Augustine and uh, you're a, a sophomore, a junior, a senior in high school, did you have kind of a vision of where you were headed? Was there um, an aspiration that you were, that you were, you were, you know, envisioning? Matt, I was always rushing to make it to school before the bell rang. I had almost singular focus on playing basketball. And no, I had no vision of what the future might hold. I will say, though, uh, the Augustinians, and regardless of our religious affiliation or non-affiliation, certain things in our education, be it public school, private school, parochial school, others, charter school, religiously related school, you may not think you're picking up tidbits, but for me, although I'm true blue to the Jesuits, the Augustinians, St. Augustine says something that never should a person be so focused on prayer that they fail to do something for their fellow human beings. And never should a person be so focused on service that they forget the contemplation of the Lord. And, And I say that only, again, not to proselytize in any way, shape, or form, but to say at a young age, I think I began to, and it happened there, say, wow, there's a purpose for each of us on this earth, and we better focus on understanding what our value system is, what our true north is, Trust me, I didn't think it this way at age 17. Yeah, but, right. And what's important to us. And I think what that started for me is a journey around understanding where I fit in, like the rest of us, where I fit into this society. But that's a telling insight into, I suspect, how you kind of live today in that you're taking action. You're not just reflecting, whether it's through prayer or other kinds of contemplation. You take action, and we can see that actually in your day-to-day activity. It's part of who you are, and it sounds like those seeds were planted back in those early days at St. Augustine. Yeah, I I would say, Matt, that I wish the prayer part came more easily to me. It's a struggle, but I do think that quiet reflection Mm -hmm. of any sort, whether it be through exercise or yoga or sitting silently or listening to music is very important. And for me, that feeds my energy. It feeds my, to the extent that I have it, my intellectual juices, my passions. But I would say that really, really started to take off for me at St. Joseph's. Mm. Bruce Crawley and I are both graduates of now St. Joseph's University. Mm -hmm. And and it was there sitting in, I was an accounting major. However, in a liberal arts curriculum, you have to take courses in theology, philosophy, history. And it, it, for me, that courses that really excited me were the the philosophy and the theology courses mm-hmm. where folks were the teachers were talking about things that to me mattered right and I, it was there that i began to think okay i am beginning to understand where where i fit and how i'd like to navigate the next chapter of my life sure and you've kind of touched on this and i want to dive into it a little bit more and that's key influencers you know because i suspect with your dad having passed when you were only three and you being the youngest of five your mom had to be one of those key influencers. My mother was, uh, she passed away about six years ago. Mm. She was all of five foot one, and she, she was a firebrand. I mean, you didn't mess with my mother, and that started with her own children. It's interesting, when the breadwinner passes away at a young age for, of a family's cycle, and it's the father in this case, my mother had such a key role. And I didn't really, I thought we had everything that anybody could want and live comfortably. We moved 11 times. Now, nine times during the time that I was, before I went to college. But if you count 
after the college years, 11 times. Wow. We would rent houses, right. and then we would, the kids would notice boxes showing up. Right. And she'd save boxes, and we, we'd all know we're moving soon. Yeah. And uh, the day we would move, the electrician's truck would show up, the plumber's truck would show up, the undertaker's truck, which is around right in the center of town. And then there was a, an uncle of ours that was in the coffee business, and mm. his truck would show up. And right. they would be there to move my mother. Right. And we'd go to school, and as we're walking out, she would say, uh, today, get off the bus at 3rd and Central. Right. And you knew, okay, we know kind yeah. of where our house is going <laughs> to be. Right. And you'd get off the bus, you'd walk in that house, and she would have, although the layout was different, your room would be set up as close to... Right. You know, and we reflect, we, my siblings and I talk yeah. about this, yeah. we reflect back on that. And she, uh, she instilled in us, you know, you'd wake up in the morning and say, I don't want to go wash dishes at the chatterbox. Right. Go to the chatterbox. Right. Or, you know, I'm not going to work. No, get a paper route. Get this. She, yeah. she was very, very strong-willed around us having a work ethic. But then also, she was our biggest supporter. Right. She never missed a game. She never missed an activity. She, in order to... I come to find out later to pay the tuition at my high school, she became, with another mother, the librarian. Right. Consequently, I never went to the library in high school, but, uh, right. but that's, that's... You didn't even know she worked there, huh? If I needed money. <laughs> so, I, and, and I'm not saying, that's not a woe is me tale. Right. That is a, I am so blessed, fortunate right. to have experienced life in that way. I never knew my father. I've gotten to know him through videos and talking to my older siblings or to relatives or friends of his over the course of decades. Yeah. But she was such a huge, huge influence. And it's something that I watch in my own children, their relationship with their mother. And I'm really fortunate to have a similar situation where, uh, where my wife, Joan, is that same type of influence on each of our children. Right. I really love, Dan, and appreciate the resilience that your mom clearly had and the thoughtfulness, the fact that when you moved and came home and your room was kind of set up as close to what it could possibly be to yeah. keep that sense of um, continuity in your life, which is really important for a young person, whether you realize it or not at the time, that says a lot about her and I suspect clearly has carried over to how you represent yourself and your family as well. Well, it's funny you say that, Matt. I don't mean to say it was Pollyanna. There, there, sure. there was, there there was challenges. difficult yeah. challenges. And as my older siblings married and started to have children, they would turn to my mother and my mother would move into their homes. And so I got to tell you, my senior year living almost alone in Ocean City was a great experience. <laughs> yeah. And we all face this in our complex lives and in our interactions with family and others. Sometimes we didn't keep pace with a calendar. And right. believe it or not, Labor Day 1974, I came home. I was running 34th Street Playground in Ocean City. If they called me tomorrow, I would go back and take that job again. Greatest job I've ever had. And my mother is up in Philadelphia with one of my sisters. And the phone rings. No cell phones. I pick it off the... The, yeah. the wall in the kitchen, the long cord, I'm walking around. She said, you know, look on the bulletin board. I think you have to go to school today, college. So I go to the bulletin board, sure enough, <laughs> I thought it was later in the week. Right. Sure enough, Labor Day, we had to report to school. I quick, I packed like seven shirts, a uh, pair of jeans, a uh, pair of khakis, shorts, basketball stuff, yeah. a basketball and an old stereo and drove to school.
Growing a company in one particular region can be a real challenge. Doing it in many states, well, that takes focus, dedication, and so much more. And we'll learn more from Dan about how he and his team at Independence are doing just that. But first, let's take a break and let's thank one of the companies that make this program possible, PNC Bank. You know, these amazing stories of business success and economic development and transformational projects, they're really inspiring. We hope you agree. And I want to pause here to thank the team at PNC. Without their belief in us at Select Greater Philadelphia and their highly engaged support of this program, well, we could not do what we do every day to showcase the business assets of our 11-county community, helping us to attract new companies and new jobs right here to Greater Philadelphia. PNC offers a wide variety of services for individuals and small businesses to corporations and government entities. They have the knowledge and the resources for financial success. Learn more about all that PNC has to offer by visiting pnc.com and join me in thanking PNC for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. We'll be back with more of our exclusive conversation with Dan Hilferty in just a moment. It seems everyone wants to make Greater Philadelphia their home. Did you know that Philadelphia is ranked by the Huffington Post as one of the top 10 cities to relocate to in the U.S.? For more information on Philadelphia's rankings, visit selectgreaterphl.com. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Temple University, a proud supporter of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. One in seven Philadelphians are Temple graduates. Learn more about Temple University at temple.edu. With a history of more than 130 years of service across the greater Philadelphia community, PICO has a long-standing commitment to a culture of excellence. At PICO, we strive to advance smart energy solutions to provide safe, reliable, affordable, and clean energy and energy services to our customers and the communities we serve. Learn more about PICO at PICO.com. From the city to the suburbs, our region is thriving and transforming. Businesses are getting bigger and better. Hear all about it here. This is Growing Greater Philadelphia. It's almost as though Dan Hilferty's upbringing, the influence of his mom and his family, his school and his community, shaped him perfectly for the role he has today leading Independence Blue Cross, an organization that serves millions of people all across the country and has direct operations in 23 states and the District of Columbia. But how is that possible? Well, Dan explains that Independence Blue Cross, with deep, proud roots right here in Philadelphia that were planted nearly 80 years ago, has evolved and blossomed, and Independence Blue Cross is now part of what is referred to as the Independence Health Group. So, Matt, just to lead into that, if I could set the stage, just yesterday, there's a group called the Health Evolution Summit, and they hold meetings mainly in the healthcare space programs around the country. Every year they have a big event in Southern California. Through the efforts of our senior VP, Marcy Feldman Ross, Mm -hmm. they agreed to start these regional health evolution summit Mm. sessions. They were in this room yesterday. Mm. 50 executives at different levels of different companies, not just in healthcare, but primarily in healthcare, were in this room. I say that because We consider this Independence Live as a window to Philadelphia. I mean, look around, you see how our streets look, you you see the vibrant atmosphere that we have. And to a person, they commented to me about, we didn't know. One one person said to me, I remember coming to Philadelphia, it was a quiet 
little place and yeah. now I come back. Uh, I want to get on one of your Indigo bikes and ride yeah. around. I want to stay a few extra days. Yeah. There's a buzz here. There's yeah. a feel here. So now pivoting to, as I love the term pivot, and yeah. you've used yeah. it as well, to Independence's role in that. And both from a civic perspective, and I will get to the, the structural, yeah. how we're structured, sure. but from a civic perspective, we believe it's part of our mission. Our focus every day is focus on the individual, the family, the community, to help people navigate the health system, get the coverage, the appropriate coverage they need, the appropriate care they need at the time they need it, and help them get well and stay well wherever possible. So one of the things that we are committed to is if there is something in the community that does just that, that promotes healthy living, we are there. And we fight to be one of the lead sponsors and investors, whether it's through corporate dollars or through the Independence Foundation, which uh, Steve Farah and Lorena Marshall-Blake oversee, we are there. And it's kind of that whole message that everywhere you turn, if you yeah. look at a bicycle, you will see us. If you need to, at the worst time in your family's life, because someone is sick, if you can pull that card, mm -hmm. that independence card out of your pocket and know that you are in a medical home, know that you'll have access to any doctor within region that you're needed, any specialist, any facility. Yeah. By the way, we're not perfect. Right. And our customers remind us right. regularly that we're not perfect. <laughs> right. But the truth of the matter is, we're about building that web. And so the story of independence is this. The blues, there are 36 Blue Cross Blue Shield plans across the country. We have designated areas where we can use our Blue Cross and Blue Shield. For us, we're just a Blue Cross plan. Blue Shield traditionally contracts with physicians. Mm -hmm. We contract with the facilities. And then we partner to contract with physicians. So. When you look at what's happened with healthcare, these large mega organizations, a United Healthcare and their subsidiary Optum, a Cigna, Humana, we realized that if we were going to compete, we needed to get out of our own five county area. Right. Well, we couldn't do that with a branded product. We couldn't be Independence Blue Cross outside of five county. So we came up with the name Amara Health about close to 20 years ago, I would say. Mm -hmm. And we began to build unbranded subsidiaries and spread them throughout the country. And as Joe mentioned, we're in 27 states in the District of Columbia. And we do everything from third-party administrative services. Uh, we have one of the largest Medicaid managed care companies in the country, AmeriHealth Caritas, which is a phenomenal company. Yeah. We have all sorts of ancillary services. We have a product line in New Jersey, AmeriHealth New Jersey. We're about to launch, we've done a soft launch, but a, a hard launch, so to speak, next week or two weeks from now with Comcast. We've created a company which we're calling now 1819. Hmm. And we're calling it 1819 because our offices are on 19th Street, their offices are on 18th Street. Gotcha. But we'll announce the name in a week or so. And think of it this way. Wherever Comcast does business, through cable, mm -hmm. or through the internet, or through entertainment, or through all the other things they do, we will develop the content, we will develop the video, we will develop the interaction where we can educate members, we can help them navigate the system, we can bring a doctor to an elderly home through the TV to examine 
an incision from a surgery, we can remind seniors who live in the Philadelphia area and they see it on TV to take their blood pressure medicine and out in Chicago or San Francisco where their uh, daughter and a son live, they're getting the same message on mm -hmm. their handheld app and immediately pick up that phone and say, mom, dad, did you take your medicine? Right. So we're using Comcast's incredible distribution channel, all the tools, technology, and services that we provide, and we're gonna spread them out, not only through five county, we're gonna start in five county, but anywhere the Comcast goes, we will do that. And it's much like what Amazon and some of the other disruptive forces in the industry are doing. So in order to A, survive, be prosper, we realized we have the strong mission to serve our customers, but we needed to diversify, yeah. both by portfolio of businesses and geography. And we've done that successfully, but we couldn't do it under the independence or the Amar Health. Right. So we came up with a name that was not only acceptable to the regulators in Pennsylvania, because we are Pennsylvania-based, tax-paying not-for-profit. Mm -hmm. We pay every corporate tax, mm with the exception of a small break in Pennsylvania that any other of our competitors pay. But we came up with Independence Health Group, and it also, from a blue branding perspective, was successful. Yeah. So it provides we, continuity. Yeah. That's why we, instead of saying Independence Blue Cross all the time, right. we use Independence, because yeah. it can speak to the health group, which is the overarching corporate structure, holding company, and then the various subsidiaries that fit under it. I really appreciate the example you gave of the partnership with Comcast. And I know you historically, and even more so today, are passionate about collaborating and partnering and thinking differently. And the technology that we have in our society today is really limitless in terms of what we can accomplish. But it's bringing together those kinds of folks that are thinking like that and wanting to collaborate. And this notion of impact and collaboration and innovation that all tie into, you know, independence isn't just processing claims, which I think a lot of people historically have thought about that, but you're really providing solutions and you're increasing the quality of care and the access of care at a lower cost. How important is that? And did you ever think this is what you would be doing, you know, when you started back at Keystone Mercy, now AmeriHealth Caritas, back in the mid 90s? It's funny you ask that question, Matt. My, uh, my wife, Joan, was interviewed for a video. I received some recognition or award at my alma mater, St. Joseph's. And the moderator asked her the same question on, right. on video. He's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> and and her, her response was, I tell my kids all the time, if somebody said to Dan when he was 25 or 30 that he would be a health insurance executive, he would have said, no way. Right. And I, I never thought of it. Right. It just was the, the flow of a stream. I followed this thing and tried to stay true to what I thought of my true north, my core values. Yeah. And in doing that, regardless of the stops I've had along the way, there's been components that are consistent with those values. And so it gets to the point you make about, people may think we just pay claims or right. you get this bill every month, but let me respond to you through an example. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia, one of the largest metropolitan areas in the country, is among the top five, maybe even the top three in terms of overall healthcare costs. Now, part of that is for good reason. We have some of the most incredible healthcare institutions in the world right here. Penn Medicine, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, Temple, Jefferson, and many, many more that are world-class. Cooper over in New Jersey. So 
when you have these large tertiary and quaternary facilities, comprehensive facilities, they're going to cost more. Right. So you have to start with that. Then you throw on top of that pharmaceuticals. The truth of the matter is these amazing drugs are saving people's lives, but they cost in research, they cost in development, they spend a ton of money on advertising. That's a cost that is not only borne by the consumer, but by the facilities that administrate or clinicians that administrate them. So we started through our, what we call facilitated health networks, mm. a program to only pay for value, no more fee for service. We decided to find a partner that would be ready with the technology, with the informatics, with the capabilities to work with us to create what we called a value-based contract, Hospital University of Pennsylvania. So the basic rate structure in some cases is reduced. Hmm. That's a first, right. that's a first across the industry. But we built in partnership components using real-time data to tell a story about each individual patient member. And here's an example of it. One component is Penn Medicine believes, we believe that a person in most cases can be better cared for, better served in the home environment or near home environment outside the classic inpatient hospital facilities. So Penn put their money where their mouth is. Mm -hmm. They agreed with us working together if there were readmissions within 30 days, all cause readmissions up to 30 days, they would cover the cost of that. So weren't they incentivized to make sure we could keep people in the home, have a nurse practitioner, have a home healthcare person, have the data in front and think of this Comcast venture when somebody in the home, we can talk to them via their television, their handheld device, their iPad, whatever it might be. In the first year, and we're about to, I don't want to steal the thunder of this, but yeah. we're about to announce there are tens of millions of dollars of savings, and we know far better outcomes for people who wow. might have rushed back to the emergency room, but instead they're being cared for in the home setting. Right, right. And a much more cost-effective, but equally important, if not more, in a much more focused personal approach that's yes. providing better outcomes. That's really great. And that's another good pivot point, Dan, because, and I don't want to get too nuanced here, and I want to be respectful to Joan, your wife, when she uses this description, and others put you in this category as well, when you referenced healthcare executive. I don't think of you as a healthcare executive. I don't know how many people actually look at Dan Hilferty and say, healthcare executive. You're really innovating, you're thinking differently, and you're inspiring your team here to also think differently and be empowered to come up with solutions that maybe 15, 20 years ago, it wasn't the mindset, if you will, of a corporate health insurer. So it's really evolved yeah. into a whole new space. And, and where I'm going with this is, you just recently completed a term, two years serving as the uh, chair of the National Blue Cross Association, I think is the yes, right term. Yes, Blue Cross Blue Shield Association, yeah. yes. And as a Philadelphian, as someone who could bring your experience throughout your career to that kind of role, what was that like for you and, and what did you learn? I'm not a clinician. I don't like blood. Right. right. <laughs> I have fear, I'm claustrophobic. If I have to get an MRI, I've told my primary care doc, I will not go on an MRI. They right. have these new open MRIs, put me in that thing. So my point is, um, yeah. it's a good thing you're healthy. <laughs> so I am unlikely in that regard. But when I talk, going back to, as I began to consider who I was, I, I realized two things. One, 
like each of us in this room, like you, I have a set of gifts and talents. And I think one of my key gifts and talents is a set of one, two, and three. The first one being, I can bring people together for whatever reason, yeah. I can bring people together. The second one is, my gifts are, I can think of exciting, innovative things at a certain level. Mm -hmm. And then you need people with other skills, other sets, maybe a clinician yeah. who likes blood, who doesn't mind going on an MRI. I'm just right. sure. using that half in jest. And others with skill sets that if they capture at this surface, this kind of maybe sometimes harebrained vision, mm -hmm and run with it. Yeah, bring it to life. And they get energy. They feel like a leader. They feel part of something special. And then as it comes to fruition, as it becomes reality, everybody shares in the glow of the success. And so what I'm saying is I have gifts, but I realize I have real deficiencies and I have real limitations mm -hmm. in certain areas. And I think for any leader, whether it be in healthcare or any other spaces, understanding what your gifts are and owning them. Owning them, be confident in them, in fact, brag about them mm -hmm. and capitalize on them, but also be honest about your shortcomings and the gifts that you don't possess and allow others into that meeting or that space yeah. to let their gifts come to life. And to compliment yours. Yes. That's great. Yes. Dan is an inspiring leader, and the team at Independence Blue Cross is truly reimagining how a health insurance company can deliver impact for its customers, its providers, and its communities. There's so much more to our conversation with Dan. Head online to listen to the full interview, 1210wphd.com slash select. Growing Greater Philadelphia is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia, a council of our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. Select is the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania, and helps to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our region. Special thanks to our program producers, Elena Carmazan and Maricela Juarez, along with the marketing and creative services professionals at our chamber and at Entercom. Learn more at selectgreaterphl.com and tune in to our Growing Greater Philadelphia podcasts anytime at 1210wphd.com slash select.